The writer, F. Scott Fitzgerald, said in his work, The Great Gatsby, First you take a drink, then the drink takes a drink, then the drink takes you. I suppose there's some truth to that, which we are going to look into on today's episode. Hi, folks. How do you do? Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory, and I've got an observation I'd like to share with you. Addiction, to most things, is really, at its core, um, a search, um, a quest, if you will. In fact, you could make a case that most addiction begins with the hope that something out there can instantly fill up the emptiness inside here. I'm pointing right now to my heart, of course. So we're going to explore that observation and more in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. I heard it said once that God created a hole in your heart that is only His to fill. And when life becomes meaningless, uh, boring, hopeless, or, or even too hard, it's because we've been filling it with anything but Him. And what does it do to children? if their parents are on this quest to fill the space that only God can fill. Well, the woman in our story, Amelia Walker, is about to tell you what that looks like in this week's episode. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we are going to give you an opportunity to enter our sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The true testimony of Amelia Walker. So what was everyone's high-low today? Um, my high was playing football at recess, and my low was we had a pop quiz in math. Oh, how did it go? I already asked her that once she got home. Well, I wasn't home yet, so I didn't get to hear about it. It went okay. I forgot how to... Why weren't you home, um, Francis? Still at work? Arguing some important case? Because you're a Francie Pants, Francie Pants? Mom, don't you think so, girls? The great Francis Walker, the lawyer everyone loves. You're so selfish. Dad? Mommy's sick. Don't listen to her. She's sick. Oh, is that what the problem is? Well, if I'm sick, then what are you? Mom, don't. Please don't. No one wants to hear my high-low. You want to send me to bed? Fine. Get me a pint of rye, Francis. Help me fall asleep and I'll get out of your way. This is Unshackled. Dramatizing True Life Stories, produced in Chicago by Pacific Garden Mission. Founded in 1877, Pacific Garden Mission makes a big impact on the lives of the homeless in Chicago through food, clothing, lodging, and counsel. Some of our counselors know firsthand what it means to be homeless, so they are in a unique position to meet spiritual as well as material needs. The goal is not just relief, but regeneration, which is what this program celebrates. Now for broadcast around the earth, here is program number 3657 in the series, 
Unshackled, the program that makes you face yourself and think. I was a thoughtful child. Walking home from school one day, I was lost in thought about our genetics lesson. I had come from my parents. My parents came from Grandpa and Nana. They came from their parents, and before that, where did God come from? I was told he had always been here, but how could that be possible? Between my mom's instability and my dad's work, there wasn't a safe place to ask these questions. I was the third of four siblings, but my more extroverted siblings escaped home when they could. I don't blame them. Our home was a mess, inside and out. Oh, look at you go, Amelia. I'm sorry our grass is so high. I hope it hasn't been bothering you, you know, when you sit on your porch. Not at all. We're happy to have you as our neighbor. Good. I mean... Same. Same for you. We like you, too. Yeah, you're a good girl. Trying to help your family. Oh, it's nothing. Your dad is brilliant, you know that? A guy upstate I know has been trying to get him to work with him for three years. He's really good at what he does. He knows how to solve problems. I couldn't help but think, then why is my family so chaotic? Why is Mom always drinking? Why is my dad never home? He must only know how to solve some problems. The woman in our story was not given the guidance she needed as a child. This is the story of her road to enlightenment and ultimately redemption. The true story of Amelia Walker, right now on Unshackled. was hospitalized from time to time. She received shock treatment and she was prescribed tranquilizers and sedatives. Nothing could quite calm the storm inside her. I remember being in childcare with my sister during one of her hospitalizations. We were terrified of being rejected and it didn't help that our dad was always the last to arrive at the end of the day. Do you think that's him? I can't see. Hi, Mr. Andrews. No. What if he doesn't come? I don't know. Have a good night, Kara. Bye, Mr. Andrews. All right, girls. You're the last ones here. Help me put the toys away. Do you know if our dad is coming? Oh, well, look who it is. Hey, girls. <laughs> what is it? What's wrong? I don't know. They did fine today. We didn't know if you'd come. <laughs> I remember one afternoon when my mom begged for her pint. It was a Sunday, and the blue laws made alcohol hard to come by. My dad took me with him to a tavern in a deserted part of the city where he was able to make a surreptitious transaction. It was hard to see him in such distress, but he always took care not to turn me against my mom. All right, all set? Yep. Is my uh, handkerchief in the back? Let me check. Here it is. Are you okay? Me? Oh yeah, I'm fine. Is this a good idea that we're getting her more to drink? I don't know. You know what she's like without it. Yeah, 
and you know what she's like with it. Yeah. You know it's her sickness talking, right, Millie? Yeah. It's not her heart, not her words, not her brain even. It's all the sickness talking. Your mom is very sick. Yeah, I know. I never doubted that my mom loved us. Her anger was always directed at my dad, never at me or my siblings. She taught us manners and taught us to live by the golden rule, even if she struggled to follow it sometimes. As I grew older, she mellowed out. She spent most of her time sitting in a chair, staring out the window. That was where I found her the day I tried again to sort out some of who I was and how I came to be. Hi, hon. Hey, Mom. How was school today? It was okay. I, my friend Patty brought in baby pictures for one of our projects. They were so funny to look at. Hey, need a coffee refill? Oh, that would be wonderful. Mom, what was I like as a baby? Uh, I don't remember, honey. Do you remember my first word or how old I was when I started crawling? Uh... Favorite toy or dress mm, or anything? I... I don't remember all the years. That's okay. Here you go. We threw money at most of our problems, but by the time I'd reached college, I learned my dad was in terrible debt. This, combined with an unsuccessful run at politics, drove him to start drinking. None of us could handle another alcoholic parent, but least of all my sister, Kelsey. At least I was six hours away at school in Pennsylvania. Kelsey was the only one of us still at home. Hello? Are you free right now? Hey, Kels. Sure, what, what's up? He's almost worse than Mom now. It can't be that bad. It is. They just lie on the couch drunk, like all the time. I don't know what to do. I'm so sorry, Kels. Just try to get out of the house as much as you can. Millie, I think I'm getting sick. I hear bad thoughts sometimes. No. No, that's... no. Don't think those thoughts. Just finish high school, okay? My advice wasn't all that helpful, but watching Kelsey suffer a breakdown was my first real experience with grief. I watched her become someone new while I mourned the sister I had known. I felt guilty enjoying college, so I dropped out for a semester. I tried to help. Eventually, a friend came to my dad's aid and helped him sober up and get back to work. Still, when I came back to school, I, I couldn't escape the things I had heard about my dad my whole life. Even my professors knew of him. Amelia Walker? Yes, Professor Black? Oh, here's my essay on Wordsworth. Yes, yes, all squared away. What, what I wanted to ask you is, is there any chance your dad went to Kingston Prep for high school? Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> I've been wondering. Walker is such a common name, but you look so much like Francis. Oh, your dad is brilliant. Did you know that? So I hear. Yeah, he was such a great orator. I'll never forget him reciting Rudyard Kipling's Boots, Boots, Boots. Boots, 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 moving up and down again. Men, 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 men go mad with watching him. I'm not familiar with that piece. Excellent. Just excellent. Tell him I say hi. How is he? Uh, not great, actually. He's only just gotten sober. He's still in debt, not sure where to go in his career after his political failure, and most recently he's been diagnosed with laryngeal cancer. 
and he's diabetic. So he lost his leg while recuperating from his cancer surgery. Now he might have to have the other leg removed too, but yes, he's brilliant. A brilliant man in brilliant condition. Okay, I didn't say all that to my professor, but I wanted to. People thought the world of my father, but I saw him struggle with so many things he didn't let others see. When his health took a turn for the worse, it was hard to watch. He worked so hard to get used to his prosthetic leg. I pleaded with God to help us, but I felt like I heard nothing back. I just wanted some kind of guidance. Hi there. Hi. You're loved. Did you know that? Oh, thank you for saying so. Want a pamphlet? Sure. What group are you with? Jews for Jesus. Check this out. Okay. I have to get to work, but I definitely will. Thanks. I passed Jews for Jesus every day at my editorial job in Manhattan. I'd read the brochure and pray the prayer printed on the pamphlet. I didn't know what it meant, but if they knew how to get God's attention, I sure wanted to learn. Folks, we'll get back to Amelia's story in just a moment, but first, I'm going to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. Org, and then click the Donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled. We take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to Amelia's story. My 20s were full of questions without a lot of answers. What kind of career would fulfill me? Where was I headed? Was there security anywhere in life? I didn't go to church. I did feel drawn to Jesus, though, and I even sent a few stories to a Christian magazine. I picked up a second weekend job to pay off my car loan. I started waitressing the night shifts. One of my first weekends there, I sat in a booth during my break at 4.30 a.m. The chef brought out a meal for me. I hope you like the chicken. Got you a little bit extra. Thank you. Oh, this looks delicious. I'm Chris, by the way. I'm Amelia, but I guess you know that since you've called my name when my orders are up. <laughs> so Chris, Amelia, formally introduced, and thanks for the extra piece of chicken. Yeah, I always try to prepare a nice dish for the waitstaff. After all, we deserve it after the bar crowd leaves. No kidding. I'm exhausted. When I finish this food, someone's going to have to carry me home. Do you live here in Secaucus? No, I live in Jersey City. That'd be a long way to carry somebody. I suppose you're right. Uh, what about you? 
I live in Union City. Uh, I gotta tell you, you look awful familiar. Have we ever met? Well, I went to an all-girls school, so we definitely didn't go to school together. I went to an all-guys school, Kingston Prep. No way! My dad went there, huh. and I was in our town, the school play there. They had to bring in some guests for the girls' parts. I saw that show. Who did you play? Rebecca Gibbs. It was a small part. Actually, I was given the lead at first. W what happened? Well, when we got into rehearsals, my confidence just didn't hold up. <laughs> so they switched me and another girl. I was relieved, honestly. How was a city girl supposed to play a country bumpkin from Grover's Corners? Oh, I wish I remembered it better. Mm, I hardly remember it myself. <clears throat> that was so good. I'm glad you liked it. I, I think the rosemary really makes it special. So, what do you do, like, for fun? Now, right now, I'm trying to pay off my car. So I guess fun isn't really on my agenda. <laughs> oh, I know how that goes. My car's out of commission right now, and I'm saving up for a new one. I do like to write, though. Oh, what do you write? I tried my hand at children's stories. I even sent some to a Christian magazine, but they were rejected. Oh, are you a Christian? I, um, I believe in God. I'm, I'm very spiritual. Uh, actually, people have suggested I become a nun. Uh, I've been told I should become a priest. Aren't we the products of a parochial education, huh? Cheers! I sat there stunned. I had never talked with a man about God before. I paid closer attention to Chris around the restaurant. Even when the other cooks got testy, he always kept his cool. Um, excuse me, Sergio? Yeah? Um, sorry to bother you, but I asked for home fries with this burger. You gave me french fries. You people just want to make my life miserable, don't you? It says burger with fries. No, it says burger W slash H fries. I don't usually write fries with a burger because they come automatically. So this means... Your handwriting is horrible. Your H, it looks like an F. Well, why would I write an F? Give him both sets of potatoes, Sergio. It's not worth squabbling about. I gave Chris a look of thanks as we all hustled to fill other orders. It was a cold January night, and later in our shift, Chris asked me for a ride home. His car was still out of commission. You gotta blast that defroster if you want to see through your windshield. There we go. I, uh, celebrate my birthday in a few days. New year, another year older. Well, happy birthday. I hope you celebrate it well. Oh, yeah, my, my mom will cook my favorite meal. We're Italian, and my mom can really cook. That's nice. Is your mom a good cook? Uh, no. Would you, uh... Would you like to go out with me for my birthday? Sure, that'd be fun. Need me to drive? Um, yeah. That'd be helpful. I hadn't dated much, but I felt so comfortable being with Chris. Our date was wonderful and easy, uh, that is, until I ordered my third drink. Another gin and tonic, please? Yeah, moving along a little faster, aren't you? Hmm? Am I that unbearable? No, I just, uh... Sorry, I never had anyone comment on that before. I'm not even that big of a drinker. 
Do you not drink? No, I, I just wondered if this was your normal pace. This is nothing compared to the rest of my family. Oh, uh, what are they like? Well... Okay, um... My mom's been an alcoholic for as long as I can remember. And then a few years ago, my dad started drinking, which really set my He was a good listener. His eyes were full of compassion as I shared details that I hadn't shared with many people. When I dropped him off at home, he leaned over and kissed me on the cheek. I was confused by his modesty, but I was also starting to feel secure in a way I'd never felt before. We started going on walks together, stopping for coffee along the way and talking about the big questions of life. You know you can't earn your salvation, right? It's a gift. I guess I never really thought about what salvation means. I I've heard that word in songs. Hey, you got anything to spare? I need a bus, my man. Oh, uh, uh, here you go. God bless. Hey, thanks, man. You too. Don't you wonder if he'll just spend it on drugs? Well, that's not really in my control. All I can do is, you know, respond to the invitation in front of me. Now, speaking of what's right in front of me, I've been thinking about your family ever since you shared a bit more with me. I'd love to pray for you guys. That'd be great. Thanks. Cool. Hey, Lord. Oh, like right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Hey, Lord, um, we know you see Amelia. You see her mom and her dad and her sister. What's her name again? Kelsey. You see Kelsey, too. Would you make them aware of your presence, God? Would you bring them comfort? I love how your word tells us you are a refuge in times of trouble. Be a refuge for the Walker family. We know you are a God who can calm storms and heal the sick. Would you show this power to this family? They need you, Lord. We all need you. I had never prayed one-on-one -on -one with anyone before. I couldn't believe how Chris just talked to God like he was sitting there next to us. It made me want to try praying more. And one day, I prayed for a co-worker at our restaurant. Chris followed up with me afterwards. That was a nice prayer. Really? Except I'm pretty sure that Jeff is not God's child. I can tell by his stories, by the way he lives, it doesn't seem like he's walking with God. What do you mean? When you prayed, you said, Lord, you know Jeff is your child. Isn't everyone God's child? We're all made in God's image, and we all have the opportunity to become a child of God, but we have to make that choice. I think it's in the book of John. Uh, here we go. John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You have to choose to receive God's forgiveness. That's annoying. Hey, I didn't say it. God's word says it. How can you argue with that? I think everyone should be a child of God. Everyone can be, but God's not gonna force it. He gave us the freedom to choose. You seem to love God, but you don't know anything of what he says or expects of us. Sorry, I didn't grow up learning this stuff. You can learn it now. His word, well, this Bible, is available to you at any time. 
These words will transform you. Maybe I don't want to transform. You do know you're not perfect, right? Like, when the Bible talks about sinners, it's talking about me. And you. No, I wasn't perfect. I made mistakes. But a sinner? That felt really harsh. Who did this chef think he was, anyway? When Chris invited me to go to church with him, I was a little bit cautious. But it seemed like the pastor was speaking right to me. Proverbs 20, verse 1 tells us, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. When we put alcohol and other substances into our systems, we abuse God's temple. We make it more difficult to hear from His Spirit. We, we lose touch. We run the risk of causing injury to those we love. Now, most of all, we lose our sight. Alcohol clouds our vision. Later in the chapter, we read, Who can say, I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. None of us. Who can? None of us. But isn't that the goal? To move towards purification? To live more like Jesus every day? If so, alcohol is the ultimate distraction from this transformation work. I had never heard God's words like this. I hadn't realized how much it had to say to me, to my family, my circumstances, and my future. What I had witnessed in my childhood was just like the scripture said. Alcohol had made a mockery of those I love the most. I kept going to church, devouring wisdom as the pastor worked through the book of Proverbs. I felt myself changing. Sometimes when we left, I felt like I was floating. One Sunday was extra special. What a beautiful day. That was a great service, wasn't it? Yes. I love that prayer of confession we do at the end. You've said that prayer? I say it every week. Amelia, it's a one-time thing. You admit you are a sinner. You ask Jesus to forgive your sins and receive his free gift of eternal life. Then you're saved from eternal torment. Yeah, right. Well, I like repeating it, even if I only need to say it one time. The truth was I wanted nothing to do with the eternity part. I just cared about the here and now. So for a while, I ignored all the stuff about heaven and hell. I loved the other ideas so much. But one night, I was reading my Bible in my apartment, and everything changed. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. What? If I only have hope for God in this life, I'm miserable. Why? And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. So that means... Wait a sec. Hello? Chris? Oh, everything okay? Yeah, why? It's 1 a.m. Christ paid the price for my sin. That's what John means about the wages of sin being death, right? Yeah, right. And the gift of life coming through Jesus? Sin separates us from God. 
It really is a matter of life and death, heaven and hell. I'm sorry, I was just so excited I had to call. <laughs> no, it's okay. Actually, it's more than okay. It is wonderful, Amelia. This is the kind of middle-of-the-night phone call you want. Okay, sorry, 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 go back to sleep. But I think I get it now. Finally, I was beginning to grasp it all. I began to see how much God loved me. I was in awe of the miracle of grace, and it wasn't just for me. My sister, Kelsey, gave her life to Christ, and I even got to see my mother come to faith before her death, for God so loved her, too. I ended up marrying Chris, surprise, surprise. I thought I had finally achieved that elusive security I had so badly wanted. But life was full of trials. The only difference is that now I face them with God and the promise of eternity with Him. Almost 20 years ago, I lost Chris in a terrible car accident. I was devastated and became a single mom with two young kids. I found refuge in the Lord and in a loving Christian community. I miss Chris every day, but I am not alone. I never was. Wow, what an inspiring testimony. And a great example of how uh, a friendship, consistency, and an intentional sharing of the gospel can make all the difference in turning someone's life toward the, well, the most important decision they'll ever make. What about you, friends? Do you have people in your life that you might be able to meet up with, uh, go on walks, go to lunch, and share the most important news that person will ever receive in their life? If you're nervous to do something like that, just ask the Lord to help you. He will. He'll be with you all the way. If you have been listening to our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, you know that we have been answering questions from listeners. So if you have a question or comment for us here at the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, something you may be curious about or want to share, you can write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, now, before we get on to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or uh, like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can also share it or even tell a friend. We would love for you to review, uh, rate our podcast, and we appreciate your input and encouragement. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Okay, here's the prize for our upcoming sweepstakes contest. A beautiful wooden scripture plaque. And I believe the scripture uh, on this particular plaque is Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And folks, this plaque is gorgeous, especially if you're looking for daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic and very unique wooden plaque. Um, it's been sawn from a tree branch or a log, and it looks like it, and, uh, and it's cut in such a way so as to keep 
as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. It's been handcrafted around the natural character and beauty of the wood that, uh, well, that God created. So all you have to do to enter our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org. And give us your name, phone number, and email. The winner of this sweepstakes for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on April 5th. But the deadline for entry is March 31st. And next time... Oh, good. You're awake. When can I see my baby girl, nurse? Yes. <clears throat> well, um... Come to Mama Chi my beautiful girl. Maybe we should wait until the doctor and your husband get here. This can't be. No! Nurse, call the doctor. Try to stay calm. Calm? Something's wrong with my little girl. Sometimes it's hard to see the answers to the question, why? I don't want to play with her. Make her go away! Born with what most people would call a handicap, Gigi Williams would be forced to ask that question often throughout her life. (laughs) All right, Gigi girl, stop your crying so we can talk. But they're so mean. The answers would always seem unfair. You know something they don't. I do? Your life is no accident. But could she still find the courage to rise above her circumstances? Hear her true story on the next Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Amelia Walker were Marcy Mencotti, Allison Voller, Demetrius Troy, Darcy Wood, and Kurt Nabig. Original music and audio engineer Don Badorf. Sound effects Demetrius Troy. Recording engineer David Pierczynski. Script Samantha Beach. Well, that's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>